and I accidentally started my hair on fire. <laughs> <laughs> it just went, and I was like, oh, fuck. Oh, no. <laughs> That's how I used to get the tips of my dreads to stay together, as I would light them on fire and kind of crunch them up. It smelled so bad. It, it, it smelled real bad. Yeah. There was this band that used to play here. It has like Ross, who's Black Blague. Yeah, and they were called Vickers, and the drummer had dreads, and he would always cut a chunk off, and he knew exactly like how much to cut off for like how long their set was, and he'd light it on fire and put it in this little dish next to the the drum set, and so the whole muse or wherever we played with him in a basement once in Omaha, and it's just like it just reeks of burning hair. <laughs> that was like their horrible. thing, and it was like it's funny for the first five minutes that it's like, dude, it's getting hard to breathe in here. <laughs> Welcome to the fright zone. I'm Greg. I'm Nate. I'm Todd. Sorry. I had to. <laughs> I'm Hogan. I'm Terry. <laughs> On this special Thanksgiving episode, we're digging into 1987's Blood Rage, a.k.a. Complex, a.k.a. Slasher, a.k.a. Nightmare at Shadow Woods. It's the story of twin brothers, one of whom is framed by the other for murder and is forced to spend 10 years in a mental institution only to escape on Thanksgiving. Directed by John Grismer, who directed two other films, The Bride and Scalpel, and written by Bruce Rubin, here going by Richard Lambden, who wrote the Scott Bayo epic, Zapped. <laughs> Which ages okay. <laughs> zapped again, or <laughs> Zapped 2, still zapping, is not as good. Was Zapped again a straight-to-TV movie? For some reason, I feel like it, it was. It feels I could be more wrong. watered down. It, it feels like if you watch Revenge of the Nerds and then Revenge of the Nerds 2, it's got that same, like... It's more like raunchy <laughs> sex comedy, and then they're like, oh, let's make it a little weaker, and then it just doesn't work. RoboCop had the same problem. I love RoboCop, too. Nuke. Yeah. It's not that I don't like it. You can just see it getting to be... It's like oh, it's, yeah. they start making it for kids for some reason. Yeah. We need to sell some toys. Yeah. I don't know. I kind of liked the whole army scene in Revenge of the Nerds. Oh, the island. Yeah. It's yeah. great. And you get a lot more ogre, which I like. Yeah. Because he, like, he nerds out with them and becomes a nerd. But he's always been a nerd, right? <laughs> So we get into the movie. <laughs> I did, and oh. it's t- it starts at a drive-in theater with a great bumping synth soundtrack. Oh, yeah. It's in 1974, and it's at the Route 35 drive-in, and they're playing The House That Cried Murder, which is the alternate title for The Bride, one of the other two movies the director of this movie made. I thought it said The House That Cried Murder 3. I think it said mm-hmm. R. R. Okay. Yeah. I was watching it on VHS. You guys watched it on Blu-ray. <laughs> so when we when it comes to that type of information, we'll go to your guys' notes. <laughs> the, I, I paused it and zoomed and everything. Still you I zoomed? Thought, well, yeah. On my TV, I can zoom. And I was like, that looks like a three to me. I was thinking it was like Blade Runner. It's like enhanced. <laughs> like you had some wild setup. Yeah. I thought it was like in brain scan with like death, death, death. Yes. Part three. <laughs> You're, you're totally right, though. The music is super ripping. Um, for sure, out of the uh, movies we watched so far, it's it's the first where um, I love the music. I mean, like, Black Roses, I love that. Not, don't get me wrong. But I mean, like, as far as, like, a horror score. score. It's awesome. It, like, you know, I Why love... isn't this out on vinyl? I, I don't know. So the, the guy who scored it, it's Richard Einhorn. He did The Prowler. He did okay. Shockwaves. He did Don't Go in the House, which I know you have that All on All three of those are on um, vinyl. Yeah, he knows his shit, for sure. So he has the cred. Um, but yeah, I, I love horror scores. It's something the genre I really like. Obviously, that's part of you know uh, why I play in Night Stories. And um, the Fright Zone theme is on streaming now. If you look up Night Stories, I forgot to mention that last time. Um, but no, I, I love that shit. I love good horror scores, and this movie just banging. 
the whole oh, movie. Yeah. It's just like, this is so cool. Um, so I don't know, but you called that. So yeah, it's awesome. No, the, the first <laughs> time I, uh, found a copy of this was a guy. So I was buying some tapes off this dude on eBay and he's like, Hey man, like, I don't really want to sell these all on here, but if you m- just direct message me and he like encrypted it. So I had his phone number and I would mm. text him and he'd just send me pictures of like walls of tapes he was selling. And so there, I would like pick out like 20 tapes and then he would send me the price and then we'd wheel and deal back and forth about like what the price was going to be. And I think in all, I probably ended up getting like a hundred, 150 tapes off this one guy over the course of a few months. But one of the tapes was blood rage and he sold it to me for 20 bucks for some reason. And I was just like, okay, I have no idea why it's so cheap. This was when it was, it was how long probably ago? like yeah. $75 to a hundred dollars. I was going to say, I don't want to ask what it was selling for. That was pretty common, like around that time. How long ago did you score this? Uh, well, that one, that was about six years ago. Okay. Yeah. So six years ago. And at that time, there was no Blu ray. And I remember I put it in and it started playing and it immediately made my VCR crud out and it got staticky. And all I could hear was the awesome soundtrack. <laughs> so after the prism <laughs> opening with the floating tape, it fizzles out, and I can hear the soundtrack, and I'm like, this sounds like exactly what I want to watch like right now. <laughs> so I stopped it, ejected it. I put it in my... I have this cleaner that cleans the tape itself, and then I put it in a head cleaner, got the VCR back to like where it was clean. The tape had run through the cleaner, and I put it back in, and it, like just a couple seconds later, it did the same thing. So what I'm thinking is either it was moldy at some point, the dude cleaned it, or there was some sort of irreparable harm done to it from storage. Yeah. Um, which happens. I've had ones where like the actual tape comes off on the heads, and that's what actually ended up happening with that one, oh. was it ruined? I, I actually ruined two VCRs trying to get that movie to work that day. And then I eventually was like, okay, so I have the cover, I have the shell, like what can <laughs> I do? And then... Maybe like six months later, Arrow announced that they were going to do yeah. that. I don't have a Blu-ray player or anything. So I went ahead and ordered it because it said it had a DVD. I'm like, what I'll do is yes. I'll put a blank tape inside the shell Make and I'll dub the DVD onto the tape so it's basically the thing. So I wait months and months go by while this is happening. Even though Blu-rays come out for no good reason, the VHS tapes still seem to skyrocket. It's like yeah. it brings more attention to them, and then the tape heads want that version, which I do understand to some extent. Though this one does have a longer cut, yeah. which is cool. So anyway, wait, it finally shows up. It turns out the Blu-ray is region-free, but the DVD is not. So the <laughs> DVD will not work in my DVD player. So then I try it on the computer. It will work on the computer, but I can't figure out how to hook up my computer. <laughs> this is a really long story. We're only halfway through it. <laughs> no, it's good. So I hook up... That too, or I can't hook up my computer to anything to record it onto this tape. So I contact a friend of mine and go, hey, do you know anyone that could dub a DVD to a VHS tape or a Blu-ray to a VHS to, for me? He asked me why I would want that, <laughs> first off, which is commonly a response you would get when asking these kinds of questions. He says, I know a guy in Florida. If we send him the actual Blu-ray, if he gets to keep it, he'll do it for you. And I go, that's fine, because at this point, Arrow had already sent me a second copy because I sent him a thing saying the DVD wasn't region-free. But then the second copy showed up, and it wasn't region-free either. (laughs) So I just kind of had that for a while. I wish I had hung on to it, but I ended up selling it to somebody for, like, whatever I paid for it, just, like, even though it was selling for more at the time. So 
I contact the dude three weeks later. I'm like, hey, is that guy going to make that tape? I've been like, really wanting to see this movie. For, at this point, it's been a year and a half since this <laughs> since that initial tape arrived in my mailbox. It's been a year and a half. And you'd heard that sweet, sweet score. Oh, I knew it was going to be good. And everyone talked about how it was good. And I'd seen the trailer that Arrow put out. So then <clears throat> he says, some really fucked up shit happened to my buddy, and I can't get a hold of him. <laughs> and I'm like... What happened to him? I'm only assuming he got mugged for his blood Has, rage. Is he Blu-ray. Did his uh, twin brother escape from a mental institution? <laughs> yeah. exactly. he could, that's why he couldn't say it was hard to believe, but he didn't know that I would not have any idea what this movie is about because I made a point not to like do a deep dive into it because I wanted to just see it. And uh, eventually I gave up on that. That guy disappeared. I sold the other copy. Um, and I was just like... I'm never going to own that movie. It just sat on my shelf, this lingering thing that I just saw this empty box. So I get a call one day, and it's um, <laughs> Nate from ZZZ. Uh-huh. And he says, I'm digging for some records at a hoarder house, and there's a room full of VHS tapes. Is that something you'd be interested in? He said, all I can see is horror movies. And I'm like, uh, yeah, that's something We're I'd be there, interested dude. in. Like, where are you? He gave me the address. I told work I didn't feel good. <laughs> and I left work at the time when I had an actual job. <laughs> but back then, the shop was really slow, so it was, they, they almost like loved the fact that I wanted to leave. So anyway, roll up on that place, walk in. The house just reeks of, like, it's something. I don't know what. the Every hoarder house I've been in and dug in, there's this weird, it's like a cross between, like, rodent feces, like, sweat, mold, definitely black mold, and then food that's not stored properly and then probably the carcass of the guy that sat in there because he has no friends for like (laughs) the better part of a week before someone was like you know what like i can literally see stink lines coming out of harold's house (laughs) like that's the chair (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) oh and he died right there the the room's right past there so i go in and you know the first things i start seeing it's just like you know gourmet zombie chef from hell camp video big box Mm. all sorts of unicorn titles i'm seeing like Vestron, New World, and media logos all over the place, and nothing but horror. It's like I don't see any other kind of movie, and it's a hallway. So, yeah, (laughs) magic. And uh, at this, so then I start digging. They go, How much? uh, I go, How much for the collection? We worked out a deal. I basically paid nothing for them, but I gave them something that made them happy because they were just about to throw them in a dumpster. They literally pointed to the dumpster and said, if any of these you don't want, you can just put them in there because they're garbage. We don't want them. Wow. And so I handed her a crisp $100 bill and said, I'll take everything. <laughs> and she said, oh, thank you. And I'm like, <laughs> I, could, you know, I could see five tapes um, there. But I made sure to like the duplicates got to people for reasonable and cheap prices. And I spent a lot of time. I spent two eight-hour days emptying that room. And then I spent another probably 14 to 20 hours cleaning the tapes so they wouldn't smell. So I set up two fold-out tables and put the boxes on one side, put incense all around them with a fan blowing on it out the garage. Were the incense enough to get rid of Harold's stank? Yes. His rotting corpse stank? Yes. They just needed to be somewhere with air for a minute. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so um, hour 16 into the dig, so two eight-hour sessions, I get to the last stack of they're those like VHS drawers and I'm going through them and I'm finding like radon titles and crazy. This guy would buy anything. I, so what his, um, his mother-in-law said was that he would buy anything with a cute girl on the cover. Like that was his thing. When I talked to <laughs> Nate from ZZZ, he said, same thing. 
a lot of his records you could tell were just like <laughs> there's a cute girl on the cover. This one, I, mean, I, I guess cute. she has nice eyes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and obviously he's into murder. I did find some like booklets with like S and M stuff in it and whatever. But anyway. <laughs> the bottom drawer I can't open because of all the weight from the top drawer, so I have to shuffle those over. The last slot in the bottom drawer of the last thing I looked in <laughs> was a mint fucking copy of Blood Rage. There it is, right there. And it's right there. That's and, insane. Uh, I was just, I almost yelped like a puppy, but I, you know, did I you at least like, audibly gasp? I mean, there was definitely a. <gasps> <laughs> like, I didn't think I'd ever own it, and even. It's, so I've been through like two hoarder houses like that. And it's like, I'm never going to find blood rage. If these guys don't have it, nobody has it. And there it was. So about, you know, something like two years later, I finally got to watch it. And it was everything I had hoped it would be, as you'll hear on this podcast. You don't need to put this whole story on there. There is a visible twinkle in your eye, though, right now. <laughs> there should be, because it was a big deal. And I never still don't know what happened to that guy in Florida. I never heard anything from it. But he owns a copy of Blood Rage, maybe. You know, you want to know something? I actually bought my uh, Arrow copy. I bought it off eBay. Yeah. And as it so turns out, when I open it up, I don't have the DVD disc. I only have the Blu-ray discs. Oh. And I bought it from someone in Florida. Really? Huh. I don't know if you sent them the entire set. I did. I sent them the whole thing. <laughs> I bought mine on, off eBay from yeah, a guy in Florida. That would be hilarious. <laughs> you bought it off the guy that murdered him. <laughs> No, I you know I'm not even joking. I bought it's the form I want because I really wanted the slip, and yeah. I got it for less. And I sent my PM, and I and the whole reason I got it for less is it's like you're listing notes. There's no DVD in here. Yeah, I was like, I was like, this isn't complete. So you're asking, you know, the amount it should be if it was complete, but this isn't complete. So I'll give you this amount. Yeah, and they accepted the offer and sent it to me. Nice. Because so. if someone didn't read that and they ordered it, they would probably be pissed that it wasn't complete like the people that want that want the whole thing but it's like you can't watch the dvd anyways what's the point if you're gonna watch the blu-rays yeah i mean the dvd is something you maybe lend to somebody because the the normal set um doesn't have the extra disc with the longer cut that the first wave the three one doesn't yeah so the first wave the one that has the dvd and two blu-rays is the only one that has the uh extended cut so it should have kept that one and not sent it off into the wind (laughs) With no reward. No, we can watch it. You have the VHS tape. Yeah. No, I did. That's you just told us a lovely story about it. Yeah. It means more. So, let's go back to the drive-in. <laughs> Man, I miss the drive-in. So, there's <laughs> blasting music. It's fucking awesome. Nate can see the movie now. And uh, <laughs> there's popcorn <laughs> the, machines. The and... dude's buying popcorn. That bucket is awesome dude. looking. It has a sick design. And people are just fucking away in the cars there's so much the sex at this drive-in that ted Raimi has a side hustle in the bathroom <laughs> slinging condoms as to say i love that he's listed as condom salesman oh that's at, yes i put condom sales in the bathroom or at an all-time high seems like the only one that's not getting laid is the uh the semi david crosby lookalike <laughs> <laughs> yeah and he's trying and that's the one guy who's trying to get with the mom yeah, yeah. yes so yeah yeah we're introduced to um the mom, Luis Lasser, um, who's on a hot day at the drive-in with her two sons in the back seat. And uh, That's how you do it, Luis Lasser? So she she was in a. I didn't really realize she was like a star because, um, but she's in a bunch of stuff, and she's most known for that Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman show, which I only know exists. I've never seen a single episode. I never seen her, but I definitely uh, immediately recognized her from Requiem for a Dream. 
Okay. I've only seen that once. I don't know if that's once shameful. Is, once is enough. Okay, I felt like it was. That's one of those movies that made me feel bad. I'm like, I'm not having a good time watching this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I guess she was like big. Like that show she was on was huge for two seasons. And like, I've never seen it. Two seasons. But did you see how many episodes there were in two it was like seasons? 300 and something. 300 yeah. episodes. What the hell? That's it was, insane. It was like a they did sit- five days a week. I yeah. probably. Um, it was like a sitcom that was like a parody of soap operas. And she's the, the titular character. And I guess it was huge. Okay. And she was apparently sense. Woody Allen's second wife, mm-hmm. which is yeah. kind of weird. Um, the, the only thing I recognize her from was uh, Frankenhooker. She's Jeffrey's mom in Frankenhooker. Yep. Oh, yep. cool. Want a date? Yeah. Want a date? I, that's my. That and Brain Damage, I think, are the best Hand Water movies. Although I did just snag the Belial toy from Deadly Delivery yesterday. Yeah. I had to get it. It, it is. That it, Basket Case is great. It's a gritty exploitation. Fucking. It's perfect for what it is. Oh, it's so good. It, it almost can't be compared with like an 80s kind of comedy horror. Yeah. Even though there is a comedy element in Basket Case, but it gets lost because I feel like the way that it's filmed makes it feel more realistic. Yeah, it's like gritty. Yeah. I mean, it's a down, dirty drive. Like, that's one of the movies when you watch it, like, this is a drive-in movie. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. It's like part of a <laughs> quadruple feature on 42nd Street or something. Condoms in the bathroom. <laughs> drive-in equals sex. And just stick the kids in the back whilst you smash. Yeah, so... So mom's there on the hot date with her twin boys, Terry and Todd. and uh, Terrible names. Yes. And they start getting freaky, the mom does with her date. And uh, one of the twins, I don't know which one because they look look alike. It's Terry. Yeah. Oh, it's Terry. Taps their on the shoulder and like, hey, look, mom's at it again. Let's get out of here. Which I was thinking of that. Like, that's a station wagon, right? That door would be like a fucking vault door. Boom. (laughs) Yeah. There's no way you're sneaking out of that car. (laughs) They oiled it up for the just, drive, just in case they need to escape when mom got freaky. opening the handle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they, they sneak off, and uh, but not before uh, he picks up his weapon. Yes, he finds a, lo- a truck nearby um, where, of course, the people inside are smashing. And <laughs> in turn, he does not realize his tools are being raided by the Tear Bear. <laughs> and he grabs the... Uh, Grabs an axe. It's like the tiniest looking little axe. Yeah. Too. It looks yeah. like a hatchet, right? Yeah, hatchet. It must Hatchets have been really sharp. A boner, apparently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he, yeah, he finds this couple just getting down dirty who are smashing. And uh, mm-hmm. they're like, oh, tell that little kid Galvio, hey, Galvio, you creep. Yeah, and he's just glaring through the window. Like, ev- I think every movie we've watched so far has a creep, except for Black Roses. Does it have a creep in the window? Remote uh, control definitely I feel did. Like it did. Nine seven six evil definitely did. I mean, there's a creep in the window at the beginning if you want to count. There that. There you go. Could you count a, uh, Julie Demon boob double uh, creeping through the window as a creep? I mean, sure. Yeah, she I mean, creeps creep through the window. The stepdad was definitely a creep. So if you're gonna recommend us a movie, make sure there's a peeping scene because that's the only <laughs> stuff we like. <laughs> so the <laughs> so the axe is acquired, and yeah, he's peering through the window. And that guy, understandably, is just trying to, you know, get with his girlfriend. I think his girlfriend calls his attention to the fact there's a little boy just creeping. His head's the hanging window. in the window. Yeah. It's not yeah. just kind of there. So he tells him to get lost, as you would. And uh, to which he responds by fucking slicing and dicing that dude's face a bunch of times. Yeah. Those effects are awesome, too. I'm betting there was more on your version. Um, so it's, Mine's got like one or two chops. He yeah. chops him like three or four times, or four. and then there's like a shot of his head just like laying there in the window, post yeah. being sliced yeah. up, and it looks great. There's that. 
Um, that dude, by the way, has the second most impressive uh, filmography. Not the guy who gets his face sliced up, but the special effects man. Uh, him. Well, I guess him as well. But oh. I was talking on screen. Yeah. The guy who gets murdered. Yeah. Give give. I didn't even look into that guy. I mean, there's a there's a laundry list of shit. I'm just saying it's it's more impressive than ninety percent of the people. Any impressive uh, titles? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so he just was in a bunch of stuff. He works I, just, a lot. I mean, he's in like recognizable shit. Yeah. I mean, like Hancock and things like that. You know, there's a a bunch of stuff. Like he's still been working up to <laughs> present. He's working today. Yeah. Yeah. He has a job. Yeah. The uh, I said the effects guy went on to a pretty decent career too. His name was Ed French. He worked on Sleepaway Camp, Amityville Horror Part 2, The Stuff, um, Creep Show 2, Mutant Hunt, and Terminator 2. Oh, wow. Um, so he had a pretty good career doing makeup, and uh, he has a role in the film, too. We'll uh, get he there. also did the makeup in for White Chicks. Thank you. Really? Yes. Man. <laughs> he, he brought it all together. Towards <laughs> That's a movie I've never been able to watch. I, I don't I've never tried it. I don't care. That's, yeah. <laughs> But uh, after that murder, so, like, he slices up the guy's face, and... Uh, the blood on the popcorn yeah, is awesome. Oh, yes. And then he smears blood on his brother. But first, the girlfriend oh. runs fully nude. Oh, yeah, just yeah, yeah, yeah. into nothing. Like, out <laughs> into the... Like, who's... <laughs> the like, outskirts of the drive-in. Yeah. She runs Where off to the woods surrounding to? the drive-in. Like, I don't yeah. know. Maybe just dive in, like, the next car. <laughs> you know, you don't have to, like, make a whole scene of it. <laughs> but it doesn't it, hurt. Terry smears blood on Todd's face and then starts calling for his mom. And uh, and Todd just kind of awkwardly stands there. Todd's like, in shock. Like he doesn't know exactly what he's supposed to be doing or why this is happening. Todd's definitely in shock. Yeah. That would be a pretty crazy thing to see your brother do if you were a kid. Oh, sure. I mean, I'd be, that'd be crazy. As an adult I find too, it hard but. to believe that he wouldn't have at some point seen him torture some animals or like maybe give him an atomic wedgie or something that was too, <laughs> went on too long. We're like, you know, I think Terry has the propensity to kill. <laughs> but maybe this is just out of nowhere because like you know later in the film um he just kind of gets triggered maybe the triggering was it's just like he's normally a regular kid but then when he sees his mom about to go nuts with some rando yeah he's just like oh my god i gotta fucking kill somebody well there's definitely well i definitely it, want to see the prequel to this then oh yeah. i want to know what the hell happened to terry before this yeah well, we can something. i mean we can definitely explore it as we go but there it's I mean, it's of note that this movie has a pretty weird kind of like incestual subplot that's just boiling right below the surface of the entire film. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, and like right there when they're watching their mom get freaky, he's like, oh, mom's look, mom's at it again. So it's like they've definitely been around their mom doing sexual shit multiple times. Yeah. This you know, could easily like be like Silent Night, Deadly Night or something. Yeah. <laughs> if he was just Gosh. dressed as Santa Claus. Um, so, yeah. So we jump ahead 10 years after the uh, murder. Uh, they call for mom and of course um todd's been pinned for the murder right he apparently never said anything but it was catatonic so we go 10 years later and mom visits todd at the hospital and the whole scene it's bizarre because the whole scene is explained uh via voiceover of their uh todd's doctor which is just strange it's like they're obviously having a conversation and it's like we need to move this movie so we don't need to actually show the scene let's just Let's just summarize it with some VO. Yeah. Which is just weird to immediately happen in the well, movie. Well, the conversation could have happened right there. You yeah. Know, there was no like, need for the voiceover whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, and then she, uh, they, they do mention that Todd has finally spoken for the first time in years, and he didn't do it. You know? Right. It's And this is the mom's first time, apparently, hearing this, which seems yeah. 
kind of crazy that he, you know, maybe he's not talking, but he could like pointed at Terry. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's right there. Um, and then his mom gives him what I originally thought was some pudding or some kind of soft, delicate item because when he just starts smashing this box that she gives him. Oh. Later she explains that every Thanksgiving yes, she brings Thanksgiving. him. Dramatically explains. Yes. She yeah. uses that 300 episodic acting oh. prowess. It's to <laughs> to deliver a heartfelt retelling of the fact <laughs> she that she uh, and she's blasted when she's telling it. She's like, I give him the the pie and it's in the box with it's a little a bit string. of bow. Yeah, the string <laughs> around the top. Fork and... Yeah, so she's there to bring Todd his every Thanksgiving. She brings him a piece of pie, and she brings it to him. Great and mother. He loses it and just fucking smashes that piece of pie, and it's awesome. It's great. Um. Oh, we probably should mention that uh, Terry and Todd are both played by Mark Soper, who is in some other things I don't recall ever seeing, noticing he was in, like Graveyard Shift 2 and Swordfish. <laughs> oh, I didn't know there was a Graveyard Shift 2 either. Yeah, that's only like I don't recall seeing him in anything else, but he's he's been in just various things. So yeah. I saw the first Graveyard Shift in the theater. That was a fun time. It was like there used to be a theater downtown in the Skywalk. And you would go down this escalator that was all lit up. There were like these bouncing lights that went up and down the escalator. You paid for your ticket at the top of the escalator and rode it down to the concession stand. And then it spidered off into all these different um, rooms. <sighs> so it was fun. My dad worked downtown, so he'd occasionally be like, go watch a movie while I have to get some work done. Or whatever. Awesome. Yeah. The movie theater was the babysitter. Popcorn was dinner. <laughs> After the scene at the hospital, we, yeah. we then get to see Terry. And Who's, he's got some short shorts on with oh, his, dude. his bros, and they're having some football foo. Yeah, <laughs> football foo. <laughs> they're, everyone's wearing short shorts in that scene. Um, and But we get uh, introduced to the whole cast uh, there, basically. His lady friend Karen, Greg, and Artie, and the new girl in town, Andrea. Because somebody has to die. So we need some friends. Yeah. <laughs> Let's build we, up a posse. They're all just playing uh, touch football. Set them up, knock them down. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoying some time together, playing touch football at the Shadowwoods apartment complex. Where they're about to have dinner and have a beautiful wedding announcement. Oh, and yeah, I know because I watched, I watched the extended cut and I watched the normal cut. And in the longer cut, before dinner, uh, there's a scene where the whole gang, they're so exhausted from uh, touch football, they go to the pool. Got to cool down after this. They, they go to the pool and um, that is where Julie approaches Andrea about babysitting tonight because she has a hot date with a stockbroker. Nice. Then we go to dinner. Yeah, okay. <laughs> then <laughs> But I thought you guys dinner. might want to know about that scene. No, that's good. It's relevant. Uh, but yeah, family dinner is, you know, Thanksgiving dinner. And that's Terry's trigger. Yes. So as soon as he uh which is part of the subtext that you're talking about, I think. Yes. Where it's like his mom is his mom, but it's also like the woman in his life even though he has a girlfriend. Um but you can see that something changes in him, whether it's just the fact that he was left out of the decision or he feels like, you know, his mom's being taken away from him, whatever it was. You can tell it's not going to go well from here on out. Oh, no. yeah. But he does give a toast with a glass of milk. Yes. Also. yes. Very sarcastic. Yes. yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Another glass of milk. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Peeping and milk drinking. <laughs> Highlights. Dudes who drink milk in horror movies are bad news is what I've uh, figured out here. Which, like, what, this is also kind of weird, though, because he's, you know, he has a problem with his mom, right? 
and her like getting with all of these other all of these other men. But he's openly flirting with Andrea at the table right in front of his girlfriend. Yeah, <laughs> and his mom. So maybe in front of both his lovers. Right. Yeah. Um, right. But they, yeah, mom. Do as I say, not yeah. as I do. And mom. So yeah, mom's gonna get married to Brad, and Brad is the. Shadowwood's apartment manager. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which feels like a weird Can I help? I'm gated community more than like an apartment. It feels yeah. like maybe there's like, and he is in the office and he lives up there. And then there's all these little side, because you keep like, sh- they keep showing up on like the back patios of people's. When there's like the intricate places. like trail system that surrounds the Shadowwood's apartment complex, all these weird little wooden bridges and stuff. Yeah, which I, I think is kind of cool. Wonder if anyone's ever drawn it out, like how they think it's laid out. I bet they. It's have. a real place. It's just an actual apartment complex oh, in okay. Jacksonville, Florida. There's two huh. different locations yeah. though. Oh, another yeah. Florida reference. So the uh, <laughs> the all the all the bridges and walkways are at the University of Florida. They're on the campus, whereas everything else was shot at the apartment complex. Ah, did not know that. The more you know. Um, so, yeah, after he makes the toast with milk, then there's also that weird, he's like, you should cut the turkey. <laughs> yeah, like, you're the you're the man, man of the, the house, house now. Maybe you should cut the turkey, Brad. This, this did actually make me excited for Thanksgiving, even though we're distancing and we're not getting together with family and all that. But uh, we're doing, like, some a food swap with my wife's parents. So we're still going to have the same amount of stuff. It's like you cook and, half, they cook yeah. half. We are doing the same thing. Yeah. And so I'm excited about it. I always like Thanksgiving. It's just like, I love to eat. <laughs> and this made me pump for it. Though the idea of drinking a glass of milk grosses me out, like beyond all thought. <laughs> so, like, you never drink milk? No. I'll drink a milkshake that's as big as my arm. But for some reason, if it's not frozen, yeah. Almond milk all day. I, uh, I like milk with, uh, like, donuts. Okay. Um, or like dunking cookies in them. But I'm never going to drink cheese milk. cheese pizza? Like, <laughs> like Home Alone? Oh. Milk and pizza. Shit's so gross. <laughs> no, I mean, I like milk with certain, like really sweet things. Like I, but I'm never, I'm never like, fuck, I'm thirsty. Time for a glass of milk. I love it in my coffee. A little cream? Yeah. Cr- <laughs> yes, I always get whatever with a splash of cream. Because I like saying splash of cream. So they're cutting up the turkey, and I think the phone rings. So mom goes and gets it, and she finds out that... Todd. Todd <laughs> has escaped. Which I think what that really means to her is now it's time to drink five bottles of wine. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so she tells she tells uh, Terry and is like, but keep it quiet. And he's like, okay. And then he sits down at the table and immediately is like, he says, my psychotic brother just escaped. Could you pass the green beans? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Would, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Then is, then, then there's a whole like mom staring at Tear Bear, and he's just like, you can tell he's losing it, and you can tell that she knows that he's something is going on. Oh, yeah. But yeah, <laughs> now she has become a candidate for the ward herself. Uh, and then I think almost immediately, um, the doctor, Doctor Berman, and who we met via the voiceover scene in the beginning, um, shows up with her assistant, right? There's nothing mm-hmm. between that. Like, it like just cuts them kind of showing up. I well, think. I mean, like, Brad aggressively tries to get her to have sex to get her mind off of the fact oh, that yeah, her yeah. son has escaped from a mental yeah. institution. Yeah, she, she's like, oh, I can't do that. She's <laughs> like, maybe if I clean up a little bit. That's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to straighten up things. Which is the first time <laughs> we see, like, her OCD. Yeah, she <laughs> cleans the shit out of that her. oven, man. Yeah. The, all the weird random scenes in this movie of the mom just losing it is 
kind of my favorite part of the movie, honestly. Yeah. And he says something to you. He's like, he's probably just hiding in the closet at school. Yeah. <laughs> so he says he's probably hiding in a closet back at school. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's probably what he's doing. Also, the first time that we call it a school. <laughs> so how old do you think they're supposed to be? Do they, they don't tell us how old they are when the murders happen, do they? Terry and When the murder Todd? happens in the beginning, yeah. Because I know it's, this is 10 years after well, I mean, the driving incident. They're in college, so they're 20s. So they, they were college? what, 10, because yeah, that's their home okay. for Thanksgiving break. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. And then they introduce two new characters that show up, Dr. Berman yeah. and yes. Jackie, who is a man. <laughs> who show <Yes>. up <laughs> very <laughs> aggressively. And he's yeah, locked and low with that trank gun. <laughs> yeah, he's ready to blast. <laughs> they knock on the door and like, when she runs up to the door and she's like, oh no, she pulls the gun immediately on Terry. And the doctor's like, whoa, that's not him. <laughs> that's that's his that's brother. twin brother, Terry, not Todd. It's like, oh, sorry about that. And then she shows up, she's like, what that gun? <laughs> The mom does. You know, she just loses it. Enter the savior. I'm Brad Kent. I'm the manager here. Yes. <laughs> he, he just tells him he's the manager of the complex. He's like, let me show you around. Like, this introduction happens so fucking fast. I oh, feel yeah. like it happens in, like, three seconds. Oh, yeah. And Brad's like, I'll just show you right. I'll show you around. And she decides she's going to stay there in case Todd comes. Yeah. As they walk away, did you hear the orderly orderly say to Brad... Were you here when the Simmons kid turned into a wacko? <laughs> no, I didn't hear that. As like the mom standing right there in the doorway. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. <laughs> so he like he shows him around, then he goes to his apart his uh his office. Cracks Just, a cold one. Yeah, he's slamming an ice cold old style. That's right. And uh, that he calls the mom from his office too, right? Yeah. Just be like, hey, baby. Yep. Yeah, they're looking for him. Everything's good. As he pulls out his six shooter and starts loading it. Yeah. And mom at this point is a lot of work. Yeah. They really start to like, she's starts calling him quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. She's already like, she started popping pills, I think. Yeah. She pills, pills and drinking some wine, yeah. slamming some leftovers. Yeah. Compulsively vacuuming. <laughs> scrubbing the oven. I was really impressed by the way that she poured a glass of wine while simultaneously dialing a rotary phone. She's done that before. That's not like for the movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's a regular thing that that actress does in real life. So Brad slamming his uh I, his his old style, and uh, Terry just kind of creeps up and is watching through the window as he's talking to his mom on the phone, right? Yeah, which is a great scene. Just kind of staring, just creeping. And Brad turns around and goes, "Hey, look what the cat drug in." Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then he slices off his hand, and he has fucking GI Joe kung fu grip on the old style can because that hand goes flying off, it and he's still. Holding that old style. I think it flips twice, I counted, <laughs> where it should easily, it's at least empty. And that's another awesome Ed French effect scene. Like, the blood spraying out of his little stump, and it's just great. Like, the, in the hand, like, it's so, it's, like, cheesy, but it looks cool, you know? Yeah. Um, and then somehow he rests uh, sitting in his chair with his <laughs> fist and his stump holding his head up at that point. Which I was trying to figure out the logistics of how you'd have to, like, go from that position to that position and not move at all but it's it's cool regardless i think he sets him up that way because when oh. they sh when she finds him later yeah yeah. And Merit's like, yeah right that makes sense then so i think it's just like that classic michael myers kind of thing like just staging those bodies or jason you know yeah all the killers gotta do it oh there you are so you go from him to what again the uh the orderly Who's oh. now, like, casually smoking a joint on the back patio. He's taking a rip. Yeah. Yep. Which, if you didn't know, he gets scared by a cat, which I presume is the cat that the little girl is searching for later. 
I didn't Tinkles. put that together. What? That makes sense. I missed the whole cat subplot. Yeah. I know she was looking for a cat, but I didn't... It re- comes up three times. <laughs> Apparently. I thought twice. I know. I just know that she's a little girl. I didn't... What does he say about the cat? I don't, he's walking, like, getting... Like, he's getting ready to smoke a joint, and you hear the cat, like, he almost steps on it, and it's just like... <laughs> and then the little girl, when she bumps into Todd in the woods, yeah. he's like, there's bad people there's out here. There's bad people out She's here. out there looking for her kitten. Yeah. She mentions... I know she Tinkle. mentioned at the end. Yeah. Tickle? Tinkle. Tinkle. Is, is the cat's name. I love the Tinkle subplot. <laughs> they should have explored that just a little bit more, maybe. And she gets real bitchy later, too, the little oh, girl. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's not having it. <laughs> she doesn't take any shit. She's kind of like the little girl in Adventures from Babysitting. The one with yep. the Thor hat. Yeah. That's who I immediately thought of. Yep. It's like just like a really strong-willed little lady. But yeah, uh, when he shows up. Terry yoinks that joint. Dude, yeah, he comes up and he's just ready, you know. Ready to party with Jackie, and Jackie's like, "Hey, you want some?" He's like, "Of course," you know. And uh, all all the while, he has this blood soaked machete behind his back, and uh, but he starts ripping on that devil's lettuce, and because of the mind altering effects of the devil's lettuce, Jackie doesn't have his wits about him, and he accidentally reveals to Terry that Todd told Doctor Berman that he didn't do it, and then as he says it, he realizes. I done fucked up. I, I'm looking at the guy that he uh, the, so uh, so or quote unquote crazy Todd thinks did it. And then Terry just fucking with the strength of, you know, the strongest man on earth just easily shoves that machete all the way through Jackie like he's made of butter. Yeah, maybe that's what weed does to you after time. Yeah. <laughs> Super strength turns into a hunk of butter. And then I love <laughs> I went the opposite direction. Uh, yeah, 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 that too. And I like after that uh he just walks off, you know, and he and he takes the joint with him, um, <laughs> and keeps smoking it. Uh, so it's kind of funny to think the rest of the movie, some of the goofy stuff he does and says, he's just, he's just fucking high as shit faded. The time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, So he goes from there to where he bumps into Doctor Berman next. Well, but yeah, in between we get another scene of Mom because there's a million scenes like that movie. And uh, my note says, Mom's getting chuffed, smashing some food on the floor in the apartment. Yep. Come to think of it, maybe everybody in this is just ripped. <laughs> I just put, Mama's raiding the fridge already. She's also slamming wine and drunk cleaning. <laughs> yeah. There, I mean, like, basically every scene that happens in this movie, the structures that then, uh, the segue to every scene is, like, we just cut back to Mom and where the fuck she's doing in the apartment. Then we go to the next scene. Throughout the entire thing, I counted eight glasses of wine. <laughs> like... <laughs> Big These glass. are big glasses, yeah. too. These are like late 80s size <laughs> portions. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. 16 glasses of wine. Smashing those big really? gulps of wine. And, uh, yeah, we go back to Dr. Berman. She's just exploring the Shadow Woods trails. And uh, Terry shows up. Which, by the way, you don't want to do in the Everglades. Just walk around in the woods by yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Never a good idea. There's dinosaurs. <laughs> Terry shows up and just fucking again with his superhuman pot smoking strength cuts her in half. It's awesome. <laughs> it's very good. She the fact that her top half just like wiggles around like Bishop and aliens for a while is pretty great. Yeah. So they were um I can't what what was his uh what was his name that did the special effects? I can't remember. Ed French. Yeah, so he was talking about that. And in that scene, they initially had the legs walking away as her top fell. Whoa! But That'd be crazy. It got cut out for whatever reason. I wasn't even in the mega cut I watched. Yeah. That's yeah. disappointing. Where's that footage? Thanks for nothing, Arrow. <laughs> yeah. Gotta find those deep cuts. 
Um, where you then are, we're headed towards the famous first appearance of the It's Not Cranberry Sauce. Oh, <laughs> yes. He goes to the bathroom to clean up. And uh, yeah, it's the first time he says, That's not cranberry sauce. He tastes the blood first, I think. Yeah. He like, rubs off his polo and, you know, tastes it. Um, and he takes a shower, which is brilliantly intercut with uh, his mom feverishly cleaning the kitchen. <laughs> She's cleaning the kitchen like that 90s meth, uh, anti-meth PSA drug. Like, That's what I'm meth. saying. Meth, like, ooh, yeah. meth. You remember that? That's yeah, why yeah. she really, <laughs> like, she really reminded me of that Requiem for a Dream because, like, she's, like, vacuuming. She's, like, feverishly cleaning yeah. the oven. It's probably yeah. why she got the roll. Yeah. <laughs> she's good Warrior credentials. It. Have you seen Blood Rage? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can just reuse that footage if you want. And after his shower... Terry goes on a date. Oh, yeah. He goes to hang with Andrea, who, who is babysitting for Julie. Who's majoring in partying. Yes. <laughs> yeah. She majors in partying, and she tries touching his Johnson so many times. This is another one where they start drinking, and if you listen, the baby is just screaming in the background. Yes. She's a horrible babysitter. Yeah. Yeah. Probably because of her majoring in partying. But, and, uh, I mean, but he's only... not really interested. Even though like they were kind of playing you know, eye games during Thanksgiving dinner. He's not that interested, and he turns on the TV and watches a horror movie, and the horror movie they're watching is The House That Cried Murder, so it's the same movie that was on at the drive-in when he killed yeah, the first cool. I don't think I put that together. I probably <laughs> couldn't see it. <laughs> <laughs> and at this point, um, she has vodka. What is it? She says, do you want tomato juice and vodka or vodka and tomato juice? <laughs> um, because, you know, that's what there is. And he says he doesn't drink, if I remember correctly. And uh, she does. She helps herself, however. Um, there's a weird... Then That's kind of when, like, Todd shows up. Yeah, and he runs into Karen, um, who we're led to believe is kind of Terry's girlfriend. And uh, she thinks it's Terry. So she professes her love to Todd. And he's like, I'm not Terry. Yeah. I've never, <laughs> never kissed, kissed a girl, a girl before. Oh, yeah, because she's like, I want you to make love to me. He's like, I've never kissed a girl before. You really ought to try it sometime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is her response. And then she just fucking books it out of there. <laughs> yeah, and this is where a couple of the bros from earlier from the football sequence show up because we're starting to run out of people for Terry to kill, and we need some more victims to show up. Those are our homies Greg and Artie. Yeah. <laughs> Greg and Artie. There they are. And, uh. Yeah, she runs them. They're just like hanging out. And they're also drinking old style in their car. Um, and she's like, I just ran to his crazy brother. So like they go off to look for him. Cause you gotta. Yeah. Takes a baseball bat, he's ready. First this is we where, need to split up. This is where it seems to me where everybody recognizes that there's a fucking killer on the loose, but everybody has also just said, Yeah, who cares? <laughs> they they definitely are utilizing a lot the element that uh that it's a twin brother, and so like people are confused by who they're talking to. Which I don't think would be that likely with how like kind of arrogant Terry seems. And oh, Todd's yeah. very sheepish. Uh, yeah. The first impression you'd get from him is like either there's something totally wrong with him or something happened. Like, what's wrong, Terry? Like you don't seem like yourself at all. Well, like, Karen comments that she thinks he's stoned. She goes, You're high again, aren't you? Yeah. You always get quiet when you're stoned. Yeah. Cause you're <laughs> yanking joints from random dudes hanging out. <laughs> Now that you say that, though, like, even their posture is, like, drastically different. He's yeah. like this. And then Terry almost has, like, overtly straight posture. Like, his chest is puffed out. Yeah. He's got a, yeah. He's the alpha male. <laughs> he's a bro. Um, Yeah, and then we go back to the babysitting stuff, and Julie and the stockbroker show up. And this is Ed French's role. He's the stockbroker. 
I was going to say too, when they, she, when she comes up, she initially says that I've met the crazy brother Todd mm-hmm. and one of the dudes, I'm not, I'm not sure which one it is, if it's Greg or oh, whatever. Greg and Artie, I don't know which one. He which. starts trying to make moves on her and I made a little note. It's like, chicks love it when you try to get with them when they're terrified. Oh, and, he's, and she's like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm trying to make you feel more comfortable. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what? Like, that's not how that works. What sir. a creep. Yeah. Um. I don't know why I have ten dollars, Mister Moneybags, written down. Is there a? Oh yeah, Th- that's because when they show up, that's she... how much they try to pay for babysitting. Yeah. Like, she's like, can it's I get like five bucks? or ten bucks? That's and right, she's like, ten dollars. <laughs> like it's the fucking Hope Diamond or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is pretty good. That's right. um, so. So yeah. So Andrea and um, Terry leave, and that's when uh, they all run into each other, and Terry's made aware of Todd's presence. Yeah, and he's he gets around. real serious. So he like immediately has to go off to see what's going on with that. Um, he wants to go ta- tell his mom, but then Andrea invites everyone to go to her place to party. Yeah, mom's which not. they immediately then forget yeah. about the situation. Yeah, they're like, "Fuck it, let's <laughs> go party." Saying, yeah, who cares? And how she convinces them to go? She says, "Mom's gone, and I got plenty of stuff." <laughs> and that's which all. we know is a uh, tequila and pole position. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys remember back when guys were horny? <laughs> I wrote it down. Just talking about, or they go, what do you got girls talking about? And the and she says, just talking about the bad old days when guys were horny all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so from there, we cut to a scene where Terry is, uh, is it Terry or is it Todd who's just talked mom into bed? Uh, so, well, first, Todd. well, no, the first time we actually, it it's, uh, it, it's, it's Terry. It's Terry the first time. Terry goes in to tell her, like, Todd's here, mom. Yeah. And this is the scene. This is the scene. Well, she's vacuuming like crazy. She's yeah. vacuuming on the bed while drinking wine. <laughs> yeah. and, and then he shows up to tell her that, you know, Todd's there. And she's like, can you go look for for my fiance and your brother? <laughs> and then before she go, before he goes, she's like, wait, make sure you wear a sweater. The, the blue, blue one. one. <laughs> yeah. It's very cold out. It's cold out. Which it would be because it's, you know. Thanksgiving. Florida, yeah. yeah. In Florida. <laughs> it gets really chilly. cold. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we cut to Todd, and Todd finds Dr. Berman's body in the woods, and he gets real sad about it. And he starts crying, and he puts her body back together. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which, that's one of my favorite things in the movie, I think. That's where, and this is then where, where uh, the cat girl comes in. He runs into the little girl. Looking oh, yeah. for looking for Tinkle. I didn't take really any notes on the cat subplot. <laughs> yeah. So I'm glad you I'm glad you got it. It's very important. <laughs> Cause later on, that's a house that one of them tries to get into and they're running <laughs> from terror. Then we go to the apartment where the gang's shooting tequila and playing pole position. Yes. Then we go to Julian the stockbroker date. I was calling him Steve Squares a lot because I don't think we actually get his full name at Bill. any point. Bill. Okay, that's Bill. <laughs> and, Just uh, Bill. Yeah, so she's she's just come back. She's taken over. She sent home the babysitter. Steve slapped a ten ski in her hand, and now she's in a room, kind of like putting on some lingerie. And she says to herself in the mirror, "Mama's gonna get." Oh no, I guess she's in figuratively talking to the baby. Yeah, yeah. That's who's right. crying yeah, still? Yeah. She says, "Mama's <laughs> gonna get you a rich daddy." <laughs> uh, I don't know if anybody noticed this, but. There's a picture. Yeah, the of, rock and roll photo. I didn't know who it was. It's Ted Nugent. <laughs> oh <laughs> wow. 
I was going to ask if either of you knew who it was. So, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was funny. She's, like, getting ready to get freaky. And I was like, who's this, like, rock and roller that she has framed on her dresser? Like, it's a member of her family. It's the only picture in the house. Everything else are, like, paintings. Yeah. It's kind of funny. Even the fridge, it, like, it feels like a dorm room because it, uh, there's a sign on the refrigerator that says, warning, dude's drinking. <laughs> <laughs> and when she's getting ready to get freaky deaky, um, I think that's when there's a knock at the door. So the stockbroker opens it, and it's, of course, Terry. Because he's like, it's one of those kids I was here earlier. Yeah. She's like, well, answer it. She opens the door, and it's Terry. Um, see what he needs, or see if he left something or something. Yeah. So when she comes out ready to go, he's gone. And then she looks out the peephole, and she can see her date standing outside the door. What are you doing out there? <laughs> what are you doing out there? Oh, just hanging around? <laughs> they edit it out. Oh, that's <laughs> no, so good. Know. When she opens that door, like... Good effects, um, which makes sense why that role is played by the special effect guy, so he could just make a mold of his own head. Right. Um, so it's his head, and it's, like, suspended by a bunch of wires. So Terry somehow, again, prikes the devil's lettuce. Uh, he's like Popeye with that stuff. Yeah. And he cuts off Super that sharp. head like butter, and then has time to rig it up at the perfect level, because he knows she'll look out that people. Yeah, where you can't see the gore hanging off the neck. Or the rope. Now, I love there's still blood, yeah, just pouring out of his yeah. stump still. Because it so would be a height and distance issue. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Terry spent a lot of time figuring that one out. Yeah. <laughs> I saw an interview with Ed French, and he said he planned to put himself in every movie that he ever did effects for. Awesome. Until he watched this. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. Why? It was his one and only acting job. Oh, I think it's awesome. I mean, yeah. he doesn't really have to do anything besides, like, drink some coconut liqueur or whatever. Right. And if all we got out of it was how sick that head looked... Mm -hmm. then it's all worth it. Yeah. Because that looked great. Uh, so then this is the part where they're talking in the bed that you were talking about, Nate. Todd wanders into mom's place and then he hangs out into what's presumably his bedroom from 10 years ago and he has a really sweet Yoda mask and then mom's uh, just wasted, literally falling over and he tucks her in. And I wrote down, they awkwardly share a kiss. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's another one you get those like, because she thinks Todd is Terry. Yeah. Because he doesn't want to give away that's, you know, that he, he's Todd. And, uh, and so then you get this weird pedophile incest subplot moment because she thinks it's Terry and she's like, give mom a kiss. Yeah, and she like, pulls him in for a kiss that seems a hundred percent inappropriate way to kiss your child. Yeah. Um, and she gives him those bedroom eyes. <laughs> they are in a bedroom. Those glossed over bedroom eyes. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty strange. Um, but then we go back to Andrea and Greg uh, in uh, Karen and Artie at Andrea's crib. And we find out that besides majoring in partying, she also majors in awesome prosthetic makeup. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and she calls them that room and like they're pretending dead and like her face is all like mutilated and has like a weird monster nose. It's I can't think cool of any moment. other movies, but I feel like this was a staple of films. Like Shelly does it a bunch in Friday 13th Part 3D. Oh, yep. Yep. That bastard. I just feel like it happens quite a bit. But it's great. I love like they had time to put the make all that makeup just for that brief moment. You can see him like scheming <laughs> when the other when Karen and uh, Artie are playing video games. You can see him scheming like in the background. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> then uh, my note says mom drinks more wine, freaks out on the operator because the operator cannot get a hold of her fiance Brad's phone, who literally lives in the same apartment complex. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, she, I said, but just walk over. Yeah. <laughs> like she's so hammered. I mean, from and this she's just point, not going anywhere. Well, she's talking yeah. to the operator, though. Like she forever. Saying, yeah, but they're saying the the number she's calling is out of service. 
Like, how could it be out of service? You just called her from it. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't say that. The, it's <laughs> no. great. That scene goes on, like, basically from this point toward, to the end of the movie. This is so Every real time emergency. you see the mom, she's just on the phone with the operator or random people just screaming at them <laughs> about her situation rather than just walking over there. Yeah. Which is just wonderful. Then you get to watch her slowly slide into madness. I wrote down a section of what she says, and she says, The problem is that my son just escaped from his school. (laughs) Actually, he ran away. Actually, it's a mental institution. He (laughs) ran away from his mental institution. (laughs) (laughs) Just like, yeah. Offer it all up, like, start light. Like, well, maybe it wasn't a school. Then it's oh, time for tennis. I think yes, yes. <laughs> this I love this this section. Andrew and Greg play some night tennis, which gets them in the mood for some love. I definitely wrote down night tennis. tennis. Yes, um, <laughs> but not she, love. She, no, on she, the tennis no, court. Yeah, she knows just the place. <laughs> is what she says, and then it ends up just being the diving board at the pool. Which, but, but so they can get from the tennis court to the pool. They interject the part where mom is telling the story about the pie in the box. Is yes. like, that's like that's the segue, so you don't have to watch them walk from one place to the other. <laughs> yeah, again, they, every that's the, yeah, <laughs> yeah. the whole movie every it. time. It's so good, um, and that's a double machete homicide. Yes, single machete, double homicide. It would be more accurate. <laughs> but it's definitely comfortable to have sex on a diving board, right? Yeah, you've got a lot of leverage. It's bouncy. Yeah, and there's like basically grip tape on the top <laughs> or sandpaper. Perfect for your cheeks. Like, I'm not going to lie. I grew up with a pool in my backyard as a kid. Um, oh. And we had a diving board. And I I mean, I never had sex on it, but I oh. wouldn't want to. <laughs> no, thanks. <laughs> uh, this part, though, that part, um, what's his name? Uh, I keep forgetting his name. Ed. Ed, Ed French. Ed French. One of the things he said is uh, like the effects that they used for Linda Blair in The Exorcist mm-hmm. is um, something he used again there. He worked on The Exorcist. No, oh. no, but he, he was inspired. That's by one thing he was like really proud of. He's like, yeah, oh, I, I the slash stole on the shit. cheek. Yeah, yeah. Like, yep. It's like when they're throwing the holy water on Reagan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Yeah, that is that does look great when it just appears on her cheek. Mm-hmm. What is that? How they do it? He. Uh, they essentially, you know, made the, I mean, made the slash on her face and then covered it up. And then the prosthetic was attached to fishing wire. So you they just pulled, pulled away. it away. And awesome. then it was immediately there. That's cool. That's I was cool. thinking it was like, it was just like stop frame, put it on. Right. You know, I thought it was like animated almost like that. Yeah. That's cool. I love. They really cut her face. And then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ed was yeah. really proud. So he stood real close. Yeah. And just don't move. <laughs> it was a razor blade instead of machete. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but after that, like after that, we go to Artie, and I don't know about you guys, but Karen like, and Artie. Yeah, I love this dude. Yeah, they're <laughs> wandering around the cool trails that surround the apartment complex. Yeah, <laughs> and at this point, this is where we find out Artie is firmly inside the friend zone, <laughs> <laughs> not Perfect. the fright zone. Harry shows up and he scares them, but he plays off like he was just goofing around. Right, he's a prankster. And then he invites Karen back to his place. So uh, we cut the Todd. Cool, yeah, because that's why Artie leaves. So Artie goes back to his car because Terry is now safe with, with Karen. Yeah, but or before Karen's he goes with... back, he says, hey, nobody should be around with my crazy brother out. Yes. Yeah. So he gets in the car, and I love it, Todd uh, just pops up. He has the gun but in the uh, the back seat, the one place Nate always checks. Yeah, you have to. <laughs> and at this point in the movie, Terry's starting to really have fun. Like, you can tell <laughs> that he's like he's coming into his character. It's like, this is actually probably what I should have always done. 
and he knows that this is probably his last hurrah, but he's going to go for it. <laughs> you mean with with Karen? With murdering everybody. Oh, I th- or I didn't know if you meant with Karen because oh, no. they go back yeah. to his place and he's like, yeah, definitely making moves on her. Yes, I wrote this down and I can't remember who says it, but they say it's Todd. He's gone crazy and he's killing people all over the complex. <laughs> <laughs> Is that right here? I think so. They yeah, Todd and and Artie go to Terry's. Yeah. And then Susie opens the door, he just pusses out and runs off. Yeah. So then they're like, let's go get him. Yeah. yeah. That's it. Yes. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> oh man. So they're searching the trails, Artie and Terry, and they find a sheet that's just covering various weapons, including like a like a big fork used for like getting turkey. Yep. Because, you know, it's Thanksgiving, so, so he has to use some turkey like tools. Like the two-pronged little kind of tridenty thing? Yeah. This is not a trident, trident. Which, three. all of those tools were bloody, and I don't think we saw several of them being used. There was just like a handsaw. Yeah, I don't know. It's a kill kit. It's a skill kit. <laughs> uh, you don't have, so then he you don't shoved the kit. fork uh, into his buddy's neck, and uh, we once can hear, that's not cranberry sauce, not once, but twice. He tells him, he says, that's not cranberry sauce, sorry. Then he kills him, then yeah. again he goes, that's not cranberry sauce. Waits until he's got him real close and totally tricked. He's, he's smiling. He thinks it's great. To him, he is committing what he would believe to be the ultimate prank. Murder. <laughs> <laughs> New tagline. Pranked him to death. Yeah. Uh, and then Karen wanders the trails for a while. And then, of course, she runs in to Terry again. Yes. And this is where Karen starts to say, like, we should probably call the police, which seems crazy that nobody's gotten to that uh, yet. Actually, I wrote this down. So far, Karen, Terry, Artie, and the mother have all said, we should call the police. Oh, right. And Terry then, himself has said it's a good idea. Yes. So why hasn't it? She, because she's tying up the line calling her boyfriend, who lives like eight feet away. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and in this scene, right as, as uh, Karen walks up on Terry, when they cut to him, he once again says for the fourth and fifth time in the movie, that's yep. not cranberry sauce. He's just talking to himself. So we've got five, that's not he cranberry knows he's sauce. Got I'm gold. glad we were both taking tally marks. Oh, <laughs> I had to know. Um, but of course, yeah, this is what leads to him finally chasing her around, and we're officially in the third act. Yeah, Terry shows his true colors, and Karen is now on the run. He says, I love you, and then tries fucking slashing her in half. <laughs> <laughs> And we get that sweet, sweet score comes back in that where she starts stumbling into a parade of bodies as she goes into the different places looking for help. And then they cut back to mom again. And now she's just dialing random numbers. (laughs) Come here, a guy picks up and he's like, uh, what number were you trying to call? And then he says his number and she goes, oh, sorry. They cut 20 of those probably actually And then we get back to the chases. It's so good. Have you ever been so drunk you couldn't dial a phone? I sure have. Uh, Here we also stumble back into... The little girl? The cat subplot. Yes. Yes. Where she tries to get into the house and the little girl won't let her and says... You're going to hurt my kitty. <laughs> mm-hmm. So she ends up in the uh, the apartment of Julie, who's the lady that Andrea was babysitting for. Mm-hmm. And the baby's just crying, and there's like a record that's skipping. Um, And uh, when she's here, so I love Terry comes in, and she like hides behind the dresser. And she escapes in the scene by smacking Terry in the <laughs> dick with the phone. Nut tap. <laughs> like, it's not an up. I mean, she doesn't get him in the nuts. She doesn't come. She doesn't come upward. There's real. N- she comes downward and just smacks him right in the <laughs> cock. 
<laughs> Works every time. It's great. And he, no, and she runs off and the synth comes back in. <laughs> yeah. It's great. Made me laugh for a long time. Has she she takes ob- the baby with her. I was going to say, has she obtained the baby at this point? Baby. Yes, that's where, where she, hear, I hear your baby crying. Pulls the machete out of the gold digger lady is what I wrote. <laughs> oh, that is a great that is a great effect that the machete's still there. Yeah. He's left it there and just yeah. like, maybe he'll come back for it. He's got tons of tools. He doesn't need that one machete. Again, he pulls you know? it out like it's butter. He did yeah. the old uh Ed French that he did the old Friday the thirteenth Kevin Bacon. Yeah. Uh with that. All the uh all the stuff he does in this movie, like if it was a movie like Jason, like a Jason movie or something, like I get it because he's like supernatural. I was like crazy superhuman strength. It just hilarious Terry's and all because he's like the scrawniest stoned white boy, you know, and just, I don't know. Right. All of the effects right in this are actually really great. good. Yeah. You know? And watching that interview with him, like in, in his opinion, he said they were coming at this like towards the back end of the slasher era. Yeah. You know? And he's like, I felt like that's why we didn't get a lot of notoriety. For what, 88? It's the end of the boom. Yeah. Came yeah. out in 87, I think. The tape says 88, so it had a theatrical release, right? It was. It came out three years after it was made. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they made, it should have came out <clears throat> yeah. mid-80s, like in the like height of the boom. Yeah. yeah. Uh, after she escapes from hitting the crotch, she takes the baby with her. And then we cut back to mom. And she <laughs> finds the blood-soaked shirt in the kitchen trash, which is what finally makes her leave to go to Brad's. After yeah. hours of trying to call him on the phone, calling the operator it's and like, calling I'm strangers' put my numbers, slippers on, she's throwing on those slips, walk on over to his crib. I also made a note that at this point, Terry loves how scared she is. He's like, again, he just he keeps getting more and more excited about this whole situation. Oh, as he as he's chasing uh, Karen around, yeah. Oh, that's great, man. That this whole final chase is awesome. The music's great. He's very casual about it. He's got like the machete over his shoulder, like it's a bag of laundry, yeah. just walking around smiling. <laughs> He's it's just a like a yard bag full of leaves, because <laughs> <laughs> you heist those over your shoulder. Uh, and then uh, I think we get a scene of mom at Brad's, right? Because that's when you see the gnarly effects of Brad's head yeah, splitting this apart. Part shit. Is fucking awesome. She goes to Brad and she's like, "Oh, thank God you're here." And like Nate mentioned, he's like propped up in the chair. Yeah. And she rotates the chair and like his body falls over his head splits apart. Oh, yeah, that <laughs> is so great. It's wild. Um, and so she grabs Brad's gun that's still sitting on the desk um, that he's loading, you know, right when he got his hand cut off earlier. And at this point is when uh, Karen decides that the best place to hide from the maniacal killer Probably is the by the well lit pool. <laughs> yeah. That's With all, you know, windows the, around it. No coverage <laughs> whatsoever. Right by the wall. <laughs> I noticed too, like when she's she's sitting on the edge of the pool, and then Terry is bouncing on the uh, on the diving board. Hi. Yeah, <laughs> she doesn't even seem scared anymore at this point. She's like more annoyed. <laughs> you know, right. She's just like, <sighs> it's yeah, that's great too. I love he's just a happy go lucky guy. You know, <laughs> just wanders in. He's just hopping up on the diving board, maybe reliving, uh, you know, that he murdered the other two on the diving board earlier. It's interesting there's no blood in the pool anymore either. He must have fucking cleaned the pool at some point, too. Yeah. Must have. He drained the water. Yeah. New it water takes in. a long time. That is now a condominium. It's like a couple, it takes like a couple days to drain a pool that size. The blood is uh, still stained <laughs> into the cement in the pool area. To really? Day. Yes. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> so then she goes and she finds Andrea and Greg in the sauna. 
<laughs> and uh, and I love when Terry walks over. So she goes and hides somewhere else, of course. Terry walks over and he like knocks on there on the door to the sign. He's like, "You guys still in there?" Yeah. <laughs> and he opens the door. He's like, "Oh, sorry to disturb." It's he's so cracking good. Cracking himself up. <laughs> yeah. He's like, "You guys just can't control yourselves. You'll do it anywhere." <laughs> and he like, goes and he takes a piss in the urinal or yeah. something yeah. while she's like holding the baby. I don't doubt that if this hadn't stopped. That it would have ended up like a happy birthday to me kind of scenario at the end, where he would have got them oh. all together and he would have had like a, a life with these yes. people and they would make them talk and like they didn't explore that, but they they could have gone. Oh. Away. Blood rage too. Yeah, Todd's revenge. Total rage. <laughs> um, so then they they she runs out of there. He finally finds her in the bathroom sauna area. They run back out, and this is when Todd shows up, and he starts fighting with Terry, and then Mom shows up. And she shoots Terry five times with Brad's gun. Whole bunch. Um, which is pretty weird. Then we get to the very bizarre ending where that weird uh, subtext or yeah. incestual subplot. So Terry falls into the pool. Full, full. <laughs> yeah. He falls in the pool and like he's dead, you know, and she's just rocking Todd back and forth. And I wrote down this quote because it's so it's so strange. So she's rocking Todd back and forth. She goes, I love you so much. I've hurt you so much. I'm never going to hurt you again. It's just us again. No one will separate us. You're my whole life. You're my world. I don't want to be with anybody else. We just need to be with each other. You're such a good boy. You're the best. The best of the best. It's just us, Terry. And then he says, I'm Todd. And she just starts repeating, I'm Todd. I'm Todd over and over. And she blows her brains out. <laughs> yeah. And Karen fucking runs out of that room and we hear like sirens and stuff coming up. And yeah, so everybody presumably she finally called the cops crazy. after she found Brad. She, I think the yeah, mom yeah. called the cops finally. Right. Um, or maybe someone else in the complex because apparently there's no one else in the complex except the, gir- the yeah. little girl and I the mean, cat. somebody else I didn't know. know what the fuck was going on. But and then that's the end of the movie. Yeah. Scene. Which is wild. <laughs> but um, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's the whole subplot is essentially that Terry was banging mom. And couldn't handle ever seeing mom with anyone else. And then fucking goes on a murderous rampage because she's getting married. Pretty fucking weird. Yeah. It's a bizarre ending. The whole movie's yep. kind of fun, but then the ending just makes it all feel kind of dirty. Yeah. Um, right. Not unlike you, Sleepaway Camp. Like Sleepaway Camp's kind of a fun fucking slash movie. Then the ending just reframes the whole film. You're like, what the fuck did I just Well, watch? especially when she gets so upset that she shot Terry because... Like, at first, the things that she's saying, it's like, oh, he, she could be saying this because she says, like, I'll never hurt you again and yeah, all that kind of yeah. stuff. We can finally be together. And, yeah. like, him being Todd and he's been away and he's hurting, he thinks that, like, she obviously knows that it's me. And that's why when she says, like, Terry, it's like a total, like, oh, fuck kind of moment. And, yeah, <laughs> everything you just said. I just hope that Karen vouches for Todd. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I'm kind of because it ends with like a freestyle on him. Like, are they going to try frame this on him, or do you think she has the decency? They to... could have Night of the Living Deaded it too, and had him come in and they shoot him because yeah. they think he's the killer. I thought Which, that'd be the first time tag. I saw it. That's how I thought it was going to end. But yeah, that that last fucking two minutes, all the fun and stuff, in the movie is suddenly kind of sucked out, and you're like, that's dirty. It's a weird ending. <laughs> yeah, it makes you feel. Have you seen that movie, The Baby? No. It made me feel like when I watched I just the movie, bought the that. baby. I haven't wait, seen it yet. Wait, is that like the one from like the seventies? And it's like yeah, a, a it's another drive-in movie. Like he he's, he doesn't he's, do it. Basically, it's like these women make him retroactively be a, a, uh, a adult baby, and they change it. his diapers and shit. But it had that same kind of ick vibe. I love that movie. I love the baby. Yeah, I'm just saying, baby. Like, it definitely <laughs> leaves you feeling a certain way. 
Favorite quote of the movie is obviously, that's not cranberry sauce. I'm going to go with mama's going to get you a rich daddy. <laughs> really? No, I don't you know. You mean if it, was, if, it, if it wasn't, that's that's not cranberry I sauce. Just, I, I feel like I need to try to pick a different one because, of course, that's the best one. Mine's or definitely they use it so the, much. actually, it was a mental institution. <laughs> yeah. If you weren't choosing that's not cranberry sauce? Yeah. Uh, how many frights do you guys give this? So... You know, now it's starting to get to where we've done enough where it's like, it's hard not to think about what you've rated other I've movies. rated other movies and base it That's a little fair. bit on that. Um, yeah. I, I base a huge part of it on rewatchability. Um, of course, things like special effects and all that also come into mind. But like, I look at I'd that watch and I look at it against other movies in their thing. Like, what we were talking about last week with like, a, not last week, last episode. Um, when we watch Black Roses, I think about in context of the other movies that it would be in competition against. Like twin-based horror movies. Yeah. Like <laughs> twin sanity. <laughs> no, I look at like, like an 80s slasher. Well, because yeah. I mean, it's like true, like you're not rating Black Roses against a film like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, nor you're rating yeah. this. I just think about rating movies within their subgenre of horror. Sure. Versus just, you know. Because yeah. that's, that's how you can end up saying one movie's four stars, and then you can say another movie's four stars. But if you shot them out against each other, that might not be true. Right. You know, it's like you got ran within their, I don't know. I don't know. For me, I'd say I'd say three and a half. Like, this is 80 minutes long, and it moves like fucking lightning. You yeah. Know? Like, there's not a dull moment. My favorite kind of horror movies. I was going to say yeah. three, three and a half frights as well. Me too. Nice. Yeah. Officially, it's... three and a half frights. <laughs> Uh, it's a resounding yes. Um, I love right now, though, that's the most we've ever talked about how we're rating these movies. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it's that's right. fair, though. Like, like you know, if it's if you're watching like a possession movie, like right against other possession movies, it's like a slasher. You're thinking about against other slashers. That way you don't have to reframe every movie you've rated, per se. Yeah. Just rate them against their comparable films. I'm just waiting for the day somebody says, I fucking hate this movie. <laughs> See, I like... I th- like Black Roses is one. Remote Control is Nine Seven Six Evil. These are all movies that like I feel like I could play them for just any casual horror yeah. fan. But like if you put in Blood Rage, the end. If, they, if so let's say they've experienced child molestation in mm-hmm. their life at some point, like you could trigger something. Maybe they end up murdering you. <laughs> I mean, you don't know. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Just watched a documentary. I think it about depends it. on who you watch it with, though, because like I watched it. Um, when I watched this yesterday with Aaron, she was like almost confused by the ending, you know? Oh, right. So, well then, cause you, then yeah, you, it, cause it reframes the film. You're like, wait a minute. You're like, well, yeah, if you actually think about this line, this line, this line, there's a whole different subplot. Oh, you right. know, like maybe that could get overlooked or if you're in a room full of people that could get totally overlooked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You just focus on the cranberry sauce and the kills. Yeah. Right. Cool. It's, it's a, it's a fun slasher. Like it's, it's cool. I like that. It's, kind of you're talking about you could watch it in various situations depending the level of focus you give it you could have a different experience with it um i mean even just now when we're all talking about it like i've seen this movie a few times but like it was fun talking about it and then you get the end and talking about the end it just makes you feel kind of weird you know yeah and that's okay i think that's cool it's cool to have i mean you know good films should make you feel something i think oh yeah that's part of why this gets a three and a half to me you right because it is a good movie have you seen the joe bob of this yeah I've been putting it off. Dares of Death. Yeah. He did it. Uh, speaking of Joe Bob, although he's not doing um, a Shutter special this month, on Thanksgiving he is doing a live stream with Darcy. They're going to watch Thanks Killing. On YouTube, I think. Yeah. Right? yeah. And uh, she's going to make him eat a vegan Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> so <laughs> He'll be stoked. 
I do kind of I kind of find their uh their like it's like he's her surrogate father or something. Yeah. Like yeah. they have like the relationship seems like friendly enough that I I think it's fun. It's cool they do shit like this. Yeah. So so if you hear this episode and it's Thanksgiving, uh, twenty twenty. You should watch Joe Bob tonight. You should also go to MediaCrip and buy some Black Friday sale stuff. Yeah. Uh, promo code play dead, all one word, gets you 30% off everything. Um, so far, what's been announced is a China O'Brien long sleeve and short sleeve, which will start being available uh, right when the sale starts, which is at 12 o'clock in the afternoon on Wednesday. And the sale will run through Sunday evening at 12 midnight. Nate, I know you said you wanted to do a retraction from our last episode. I'll give you the floor. Correct. So, <laughs> Greg, uh, I wouldn't say broadsided me with a Carmen Apice retrospective, but I wasn't exactly thinking of the right person for some reason. As soon as we started talking about Carmen, I started or Carmine, I started thinking about his brother Vinny Apice, who was the guy who was more connected with Dio. He did the live album that they did during the era where Dio was singing in Black Sabbath, and then he did all the Dio solo stuff, and then later was in the version of Heaven and Hell that reunited and toured around and put out records. So not Carmine Apice, Vinny Apice. Carmine was in some bands, no one as good as Black Sabbath or Dio. But he was in Black Roses, so he has that. Your mate Carmine just loves that people think he's in Black Sabbath. I've listened to a bad episode of The Fright Zone. Yeah, he's just happy somebody Googled his name. <laughs> if he's still alive, I guess I don't even know. Yeah, I don't know either. <laughs> He'll always live on in our hearts through this film. That film. Black Roses. <laughs> <laughs> now I don't know what's going on. <laughs> okay. It's like, pick up your Fright Zone shirt at mediacrypt.bigcartel.com. Oh, yeah, because that's part of your... Because you're doing 30% off everything on Black Friday on the MediaCrypt set. Right. So if anyone wants a Fright Zone shirt, awesome time to get one. And I also have an option on there that you can pick any design on the site and have it as a hoodie or a crew sweater. So if you wanted a Fright Zone hoodie or a crew sweater, all you do is in the comment box when you order those, just type Fright Zone. And so you can get t-shirts, hoodies, crew sweaters. I print them all by hand with high-quality Plastisol inks. And uh, yeah. They're looking good on this new press. Yeah, you might need that sweatshirt too, because we're, you know, we're entering the winter pandemic. You're gonna need to be bundled up when you're laying low, avoiding this horrible virus. You need that crew sweatshirt. <laughs> yeah, when you're watching flicks, staying cozy. Yeah. Netflix and fuck or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's VHS and fuck. Netflix and chill. <laughs> you got anything, Hogan? Mm-hmm. Drinking some water. Okay. So I wanted to bring this up, and we'll see where this goes. But I was feeling really shitty yesterday uh, after work, and just kind of went home and literally just fucking sat on the couch. It was one of those where I was just going to depressed sleep, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. And uh, Aaron finally drug my ass out of bed and was like, all right, let's go do something. So um i had a movie that i wanted to drop off at video warehouse that i know they've had stolen several times and i had a copy of it so i wanted to drop it off where i got the not i don't know official news but yeah they said that they're closing which the trip out of the house actually just was fucking worse i wish i would have just stayed home <laughs> yeah um at that point yeah but i don't know it got me like thinking about that um 
again, you and I are the only two here that have kids, but mine are a little older. But for like the last five years, that's something Stella, my youngest, has really enjoyed doing. I take Freddie there. I mean, it's since the coronavirus, I once or twice. Right. But he loved just going. He runs around and picks something out. Usually it's something he can't get anyway. But, you know, then we always land on something. And they always have something cool. Like, I remember I could find, like, you know, the animated Spider-Man, like the 60s ones. That yeah. box set's like 200 bucks online, but you can just go there and rent them. Right. And it, yeah. So, the know, 67 it, collection? Yeah. It Ooh. just seems really strange to me that, like, we're entering this time. And Aaron, I was talking to her about this last night, and she said that I just sound, like, really fucking old, you know? <laughs> but, like, we're entering this time. There's That's what, like, the last independent video store in town. Yep. If I can think of there's nothing else I can think of. No, there's just those random family video slash CBD. Yeah. Places. Like, I feel like we're on the verge of like malls and shit closing down, you know, commercial um, real estate's freaking out right now. Cause yeah, people working from home, there's going to just be all these big empty buildings. Yeah. Everywhere. There's no longer arcades unless you're like an adult, which is cool. I guess, you know, there's arcades for us to go and get hammered in and play video and games, you know? Um, I don't know. It just seems like all of that is fucking going by the wayside. And it's kind of shitty. And I, I guess my, it's not me just bitch, bitching. I guess my question is, you know, will there be some kind of resurgence of that? Is it possible to even, like, sustain it, you know? Honestly, um, I mean, I know we're all physical media people, but I don't go to be, I never went to Veil Warehouse probably more than once just to window shop and just look at stuff. I, right. I didn't have a card. I never rented stuff. And I love that shit. But part of that for me is because I have a large collection of movies already. And a lot of their things I want to see are generally tiles that, I mean, that's why I went like scoped out. Like I didn't see like, oh, they have all these arrow tiles and all these obscure horror movies I want to rent. Right. So even though I love that shit, I mean, I didn't help them stay in business. Well, a store like that, though, it would be hard for them to, you know, because I've I've thought before, like every time they have they've ever had a copy of The Exorcist, somebody's stolen it. Right. So the stuff that you're talking about, Mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, Arrow does a limited release or Vinegar Syndrome does Mm -hmm. or Scream, you know, Factory does like. Why would they even bother shelving that yeah. if somebody's just going to fucking steal it, you know? But I mean, I, but I think that's, that's though, part of why they aren't sustained, though, too. Right. Some, like, their core audience that do dig physical media or miss that experience from, like, this bygone era, they don't have the shit they, like, I, like I want. Right. So they're catering then people that could just watch this mainstream shit they're just going to watch on fucking Netflix anyways. Yeah. You know? That's, like, I kind of took a, a page out of your book, Nate. Like, obviously, you have the media crypt, but, like... Because of quarantine, instead of just, like, having all of my shit on shelves, you know, in a corner of the house, it was like, you know, I'm going to build a fucking video store in the basement. It's fun walking around the video store, man. Yeah. Picking out a title. Mm -hmm. I do it every day. Yeah. I go down there. I walk the aisles. Hogan's Video Dungeon, I'm telling you. (laughs) But I don't know. The Dungeon of Video Pleasure? That's been been really cool. And it just fucking bums me out that shit like that won't be around. Yeah, I mean, they even had like a silent section, a music section, huge TV. Their horror section has gone down and down over the years. But some of my earliest like oddball like horror tapes came from the first time they downsized their VHS section. Mm. It's actually where my copy of Rocktober Blood is from, is Mm. from when Video Warehouse sold their copy. Which is one of your favorite titles ever. Yes. And for years, we couldn't remember where it came from. Then one day I remembered, (laughs) but... That tape's been around the whole country. We used to have a TV VHS combo in our van, and we had a, a grocery bag full of VHS tapes, and that was one of them. <laughs> one of the other ones was a someone sat and filmed the do- movie Dodgeball in the theater. 
You could see people walking in front of the frame and stuff. It was that almost made it funnier. But yeah, the fact that there's no video warehouse, like, you know, we lost the muse. Like we're gonna lose all these places where people physically go mm-hmm. to meet people. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't want to meet people at the bar. I don't, you know, not that you can go to a bar right now anyway. I mean, you can. Frowned upon. It's frowned upon. <laughs> but, uh, you know, like, like there was a dude that used to work there. You know, he'd wear something. He'd be like, oh, man, you like zombie? Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, I love Lucio Fulci and shit. And just like that whole thing that used to happen mm-hmm. where you like would go. You knew the guy in the store. Sometimes they'd have like a, a pics shelf for Terry, Todd, and John or mm-hmm. whatever. And yeah. each one. And you know that, like, usually you like the stuff that so-and-so puts on their thing. So yeah. if you haven't seen one... Yeah, well, you'd go in there and you'd talk with those people. And the more that those places are closing, the more it's kind of... And this, it's interesting to me, the more it's forcing us to interact with people this way, the way that we are right now. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like and subscribe. <laughs> yeah. It's just going to keep people... Basically, what's happening is people are getting moved further and further away from each other. And our country's going to get, you don't have to put any of this on there, it's going to get so segmented by the fact that, like, the liberal people don't interact with the conservative people, and now there's not even any, like, common spaces. It's like, you pick up your food, you don't have to wait in line next to somebody you don't agree with, even. Yeah. You can completely remove, so then when you hear their ideas, they seem so insane, you know? Because it's like, you don't know anybody that talks like that or thinks like that. Yeah. Well, the idea of that, like, Netflix algorithm is the same way, you know? Like, that decides, oh, well, you may like this. It's like, I don't even fucking know, like, how you decided that. Like, because I don't like that at all. Yeah. Or, like, when it makes you jump cut from, like, you just watched, like, we watched the last episode of the last season of Shit's Creek, and then it's like, now you're going to watch this show. Yeah. It's like, you're going to start me on, like, some eight-season fucking show right now. Can I at least listen yeah. to the music? To the end of the last yeah, episode, yeah. <laughs> that the director decided it should be accompanied with the feelings that you're going to have at the end of this moment. You well, know? And like the idea again, always being about physical media, is that there's something tangible to holding something, looking looking at it, as opposed Look to that, <laughs> as opposed to a thumbnail, you know, on a screen. Well, and it's generally like I'm. Nate and I have talked about this so many times, how bad a lot of DVD and Blu-ray art was for a long time. I mean, not necessarily saying like cool labels like Arrow or Vanguard Syndrome and stuff, but like so many MGM things had horrible art. releases yeah. and stuff. Yeah. And, and, and it's like when you're doing streaming, it's not even, it's generally not even the cool artwork either. It's like one of those shitty images. Like I saw somebody online the other day the was like, cover for let's give movie. it up for so-and-so and the cover art. Uh, I can't even remember what it was, but it was something stupid. Like I know what you did last summer where it's yeah. just a yeah. photo of the, of the, the cast, garbage you know? movie. And I commented like, that is what? a bad movie. I commented like, <laughs> I know you did last summer is a fucking horrible movie. What yeah. about Drew Struzan? Like that dude's fucking awesome. <laughs> He's great. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're Drew a Star Wars guy. Awesome. You should love that. I love Drew Struzan, dude. I love Drew Struzan. That documentary about him is amazing, too. And I like There's how a lot of the... You, you haven't seen the Drew Struzan documentary? Uh-uh. I haven't seen. No. no. It, it might just be called I've Drew or it. it might just be called Struzan. I don't know. It does exist, I swear. It's okay. a whole documentary about his his art and how he does stuff. Like, like a lot of times the ladies on all of his posters, it's just his wife. He'd have yeah. her model, then he'd just paint the actress. Yeah, around. that dude's awesome. His stuff's like, awesome. He's the one that he did... I mean, you know He did he the is? thing. He did, yeah, the, thing he did the thing cover. That's Any awesome. Indiana Jones, yeah. Back to the Future. Dude, I was Star Wars. Taking my kids on a walk the other day, and I have a Carhartt when it gets colder out, and the only thing on it is I have a Bernie button and a The Thing button. 
Yes. And it's an old like rectangular theater from when it was originally released in the theater button. And we passed these preteens and I've got one earbud in and I see him say something at me. I'm like, that guy just, that kid just say some shit to me? <laughs> like is what I thought happened. And I take my earbud out. I'm like, what? And he's like, the thing. And I'm like, what thing? And he's like, your button, that movie rules. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's awesome. I was, and I like, then I walked away. I was like, I should have asked him why he knows it's awesome. Like, was it your dad? Did it come up on something that's streaming somewhere? But Emily even has a student that last year wrote down the thing as their favorite movie. And then my buddy Jake, his teenage son, made a bunch of his buddies watch the thing for his birthday party and freaked him the fuck out. It's, I mean, that movie will live forever. That's like, yeah. I mean, it's the last great practical effects film. Yeah, of its error. I mean, that and Total Recall, arguably. It's insane to think it was considered a flop with yeah. how good it is. And the time it came out, too. I yeah. mean, like, like I think E.T. was in theaters at the same time. And you think about, like, just how polar opposite those movies are. Not that I'm right. saying E.T. is the same audience as the thing, but, like, the landscape of cinema at that time. You know, you sure. Have, like, you, it's, you have this, like, super friendly, like, kid alien movie that, like, was huge. And then the alternative in the theaters, like, this weird alien possession movie almost like yeah. super dark like it just i think the, the landscape when it came out is just weird way different you know um yeah my buddy just recently printed out it's like it's probably eight feet long it's like a door size poster sideways and it's a graph chart that shows like the people getting infected it shows like how and when and why until it's just down to the two of them at the end it's pretty interesting it's so good do you know which one's the thing at the end <sighs> That's so apparently there's a thing with the twinkle in the eye. Yes. You've, you've heard about that. Yeah. I just heard about this. That's how you know who's the thing at the end. Yeah. One of them. Because there's not no the reflection twinkle. in the eyes. It's apparently the whole movie they did that. Like, if you, like yeah. it's a deliberate move. Of and they edited Dean a Kennedy. scene out. They edited yeah. a scene out, I guess, where they talked about the eyes thing. And they mm -hmm. decided to move the explanation scene away from the movie so that it was more of a mystery. Yeah. Right. No, if you watch in the movie, there's twinkles in characters' eyes, except who is the thing. Do I want to know or should I just watch it tonight? I mean, I guess it's up to you. I could say it for you and the listeners or you could just discover it next time you watch. I think I'll just no go spoilers. watch it tonight. Okay. <laughs> next time Spoiler. anyone watches the thing, though, and when the end and the uh, two are talking over the fire, check out one of them does not have a twinkle. So. Cool. Hell Yeah. I've, the movie's tight. <laughs> yeah. Just do a whole nother thing on the thing. <laughs> yeah, we should uh, we, we should do a couple more like classics that are more common um, next year. Just just for listeners. I don't know. To get our thoughts on some of those movies. Because we obviously have a lot to say about them. And it might give people an idea of like the sort of other, you know, like the more mainstream stuff that we feel like is in the same club as the stuff that we like. That's yeah. Totally. considered lesser because in my brain like there's no real difference between like blood rage and you know i don't know friday the 13th like they're all just like it's like a slasher movie yeah yeah totally. you know, i don't think of them as being greater or lesser or whatever yeah. it's just a different movie well that's something too like when you're super deep into horror you can talk about people there's movies that you just assume they've seen there's some that everyone knows about and like i've never heard of that you're like oh that's not that doesn't seem obscure to me right you know like right. someone's like i've never heard blood from our space I be like, oh, that makes sense. That's pretty obscure. But then if they're like, oh, I've never seen Suspiria. I'm like, well, everyone's seen Suspiria. That's like a that's a common film. I've I've you know lent I mean? that to like, people and had them return it to me and like Suspiria. Yeah. And be like, this is the worst movie I've ever seen. <gasps> so I got a Goblin shirt <gasps> order, and they were like, what is Goblin? You know, they're like wondering why 
were printing thousands of pieces of this band's merchandise <laughs> that they've never even heard of. And they're from Italy. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'll oh, bring in Suspiria will be a good starting point for you. And give it back to me. Like, this is the worst movie I've ever seen. I didn't understand what was going on. <laughs> That's uh, crazy. You know, like, what? what is this? Basically, it's like, I don't even know how to start talking to you now. And I never liked them ever again. <sighs> See, Suspiria <laughs> to me is like a film I'd almost, I'd recommend people like, that aren't even really into horror that like more like what I'd say, like the mainstream classics, like exorcist shining Texas chainsaw nightmare. Like, I feel like those are like mainstream classics. If that makes yeah. sense. Like everyone knows them to me. I'd put Suspiria as like, I put it closer there than like some of these other films. Like, I think it's like, sure. it's artfully done. It's beautifully directed. It's the last film that's ever processed an original Technicolor plant, which oh. is why it has that crazy vibrant color. Oh yeah. Um, like that Blu-ray is nuts. Oh dude. I mean, yeah. I'd watch it on any format, but I could, there was whole, things i was like whoa i could yeah. never notice that the color palette in that movie almost burns your eyes it's just so vivid but yeah we should dig into some of these other things next year so um i guess we're gonna wind this down uh we have two more episodes we're gonna put out this year that conclude our 2020 season so we're gonna have two uh christmas theme uh horror films next month in december and then uh the new year i think the plan is we'll be going down to one episode a month um so Thanks for listening and uh, feel free to check out thefrightzone.com or if you're on social media, uh, we have an Instagram at Fright Zone Podcast. Thanks for listening. Stay spooky. Stay heavy. Go get some lawn bag. <laughs> Instead of yard bag, I was thinking uh, it's winter. Uh, buy, some, buy some salt. Yeah. <laughs> buy some sidewalk.